You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Big bad shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And this is the first day of my summer. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation just a short few minutes ago uh, with Jack, the man behind Saints News and Views on Twitter at Saints FC Views. So uh, it's been a long time since I talked to Jack. And I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to have that much stuff to cover because we still haven't announced a signing Um uh, and really not a lot has happened in the past week or so, but um, not to worry uh, from transfer stuff to uh, just investment in the club to the financial times article that came out uh, around Gao. Um, that is what Jack and I will discuss. Um, we also took some of your questions, uh, some of the questions from patrons and some of the questions from Twitter. So uh, remember, you can always submit your questions or topics or discussion ideas, and we'll do our best to address them on the show and uh, give you credit for that when we do it. So um, for anybody who's new, uh, welcome to the show. I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Uh, if you are interested in subscribing, you can do that at SouthamptonDelivery.com. There are links there that allow you to subscribe on a number of platforms. And if you have any trouble with that, just use the contact box or get in touch with me on social media. I'll be glad to help you out. So uh, this was a great start to my summer. I hope it's a good start to your Tuesday if you're listening on release day or whatever day it is, no matter where you are. So uh, enough of this. Let's get to the interview. Uh, here's Jack from Saints FC News and Views. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jack, the man behind Saints News and Views. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Saints FC Views. And Jack, uh, welcome back. I know you've been busy with work and everything else, but it's been way too long since we talked. It has. I think it might have been about a year since we've spoken. Um, and apologies, everyone listening to this. I've got a full-blown cold, so you're going to listen to me sound all nasally for the next hour. Uh, but hopefully it'll be made better by talking about all things Saints. But no, thank you for having me, Matt. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I, I'm sorry that it's, it's taken so long with schedules and everything else, but I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand. It's There's slightly less pressure uh, at the moment because Saints aren't playing, so there's nothing to kind of stress out about. But um, I, I think we'll still find uh, there's there's plenty to to discuss. But um, before we we go too far into any of that, just uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, uh, 
the show has grown in the year that you since you've been on. So could you tell uh, everybody kind of just about your page and, and what they can find if they were to visit Saints News and Views? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I set the page up in November 2012 and it was I started my career in journalism. I really wanted to go into sports journalism. Uh, so I sort of set up a platform in something I was passionate about, which was Southampton Football Club. And yeah, it just sort of became an interactive platform for uh, what I hope sort of fans to be able to sort of find out the latest news, be it sort of gossip uh, about transfers or sort of results or, or, and it sort of really acts as a platform as well for people to be able to share and comment uh, their own individual views on particular subjects. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd like to think it's been quite successful. Um, it's amazing. We, we passed 7,000 followers the other day, literally yesterday. Uh, which is it's incredible to think that 7,000 people have sort of been on this sort of journey, so to speak. Um, so, no, it's been amazing. I love sort of getting the interactions with everyone. And, yeah, it's, it's been great. So if you fancy sort of joining in the sort of little community, it's sort of at Saints FC Views and, and have a look. And, and if you like it, sort of get involved with uh, any sort of discussion that takes place. Yeah, and uh, we'll put the link to that in, in the show notes so people can just click straight from there. And... Uh, if, if you're listening or you found it on Twitter, then of course you're, you're right there and can, and can get to the page pretty easily, but, um, congratulations on the 7,000 followers. That's a, that's a big deal. And, uh, it, it's kind of nice because like when you get, like, I remember like when you start, when I started the podcast account, it's like the, the initial kind of trepidation of like, what if this doesn't go well? Like what if, what if nobody likes it? And then you get over it because you know, you're, you're okay. And then you get to a hundred, you're like, Oh great. I got to a hundred. And then it's like, like what's the next milestone and then it's like five and then a thousand and whatever. And so I can, I, I think I, at this point, are you, do you, do you pay attention to that very much or just when you hit it, you're like, Oh, this is great. I think the milestones you do. So when it was coming up to 7,000, you're like, Oh, I'm sort of nearly there. Can I do anything to push it over? But I think it as a, as a, I don't know how to call myself a creative at all, but when you have a creative platform like this, like you do, like you, you, you sort of your page opened on, I'm just sort of looking at your page here. January 2017, um, and now you're on just short of 2,000 followers, which is which is incredible. And I think, even way you look at it, I think you should never really get too bogged down on numbers if you're doing something creative. I think it's all about just enjoying what you're doing uh, and and really pushing it as as far as you can. And there's loads of Saints pages and sort of different pages out there that are a real example of that. And I think like I think you're valid for this. As long as you have fun uh, and you enjoy running your page, that is the most important thing. Numbers don't really care for anything. I've never monetized my page. I'd never planned to. Um, and it's just something I really enjoy. So yeah, I hope sort of people enjoy the discussion. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, this has been a, a real creative kind of outlet. It, it is, I, I tell I, my friends that this is the only like creative thing I do. This is my one hobby and it involves uh, a number of things from like using Photoshop and, and audition to you know, scheduling it. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but I enjoy, I would say 99% of, of, of what happens. Um, sometimes I will sit down and go like, I do not want to re-record the intro because it sounds terrible. Um, so that's like, I say that's my least favorite part. Um, but really, I mean, the show is, is so much fun to do and to be able to get to talk to people like you. And then, you know, I, and I agree with you in terms of the, the numbers don't matter. Uh, I try not to let them bother me. Sometimes if the show like goes through a dip or whatever, um, I just have to look at the long term kind of projection of the show and realize that it's been, you know, if you look at the difference between even if I have a bad month, the difference between that month and like back when I started in February or if you go back to February of 2017, like the first full month, like 
you know, the show has grown exponentially since then. And so even if I have a bad month now, like it's still doing fine and I'm still having fun. And that's really, like you said, uh, you know, what's important. I get some, some fulfillment out of just uh, being able to sit down and, and talk to you and create all the stuff. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think it's honestly, we could do a whole podcast away from football about social media and of the creative platforms out there and, and what's the reasoning behind it? And do you put out creatives of content on a regular basis because you have to, you feel like you need to, uh, or do you sort of wait to deliver content when you feel it's the best and when you feel like you're creating your own, uh, sort of to, to your own personal standard. Um, so yeah, I think as long as you enjoy doing what you're doing, be that a podcast, be that a blog, be that a social media page, that is the main thing for me. Um, and that's, really been my mantra since I started the page. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I I think it's awesome that you're enjoying it. And I think it's awesome that you, uh, you allow so many other people to interact and you do a good job of bringing other people into the conversation versus uh, sometimes I get guilty of just putting stuff out there and saying, here it is, here it is, here it is. Um, so I, I have to learn a little better from, uh, from you and some of the other, some of the other guys that are out there doing it. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll get there. But um, I mean, I know the season is over. But yes. and I know you said you've been busy with with work and everything else. But like, how how did the season treat you in terms of uh, in, in terms of how it went and and just with all of the kind of things that happened? Like, was there anything different about this season than last season in terms of of running the page or anything like that? Um, not. Do you know what? It's really hard. This is the second really successive season where we've been in a relegation battle, and it's not really it, the the start of the year wasn't enjoyable. I don't know about about you, Matt, but it just wasn't enjoyable. I wasn't enjoying watching Southampton Football Club play. I wasn't. I lost touch with 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 loving my club, uh, which is a really hard thing to say because I've I've loved Southampton all my life. I followed them all my life, but we had a really really bad start to the season. Uh, we sort of thought Mark Hughes had come in and done a quite good job, kept us up. Um, and then it just didn't start off well. Like he, I think if I'm right in saying he was sacked after the two, two draw against United, I think it was in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in 18th place. We were only nine points, uh, and one sort of league win from 14 games, which is, which was horrendous. It was horrible and it, it just wasn't a good time. And I think when it's going bad on the pitch, you can feel it in the community off the pitch. And I could, I could definitely tell that in my own sort of reporting, I was getting really angry at the team. I was sort of exp- expressing my, my sort of disconcern at the team and, and it didn't feel, it didn't feel right. Um, so it wasn't a good start to the season. Um, and then it was nice when it was kind of like a breath of fresh air when, when Hughes got sacked because you thought, right, surely we can't employ back-to-back like three bad managers like <laughs> we'd had Pellegrino we'd had Mark Hughes you think right someone has to get it right um and they certainly did when when Hassan Hootel sort of came through I, I admittedly I, I didn't know too much about him I'd heard of him uh generally in in Europe and that he'd done a really sort of good job with a couple of teams that he'd been in um, and I was excited I started reading up on him I started reading up on the formations that he was sort of bringing and and what he'd done at these at these various different clubs bringing them up through the different leagues and for the first time it was a little bit of glimpse of excitement came back to me um, and yeah from there the sort of say the season changed I don't know about you did, did you feel like that yeah I, I think that um you know, talking to some of the other guys who were doing shows like Eden, you're talking to Freddie from the ugly inside and talking to Ben and, and, and the guys from the Saints FC podcast, it's like, there was kind of this like, 
do we have to talk about this again? And it goes back to that kind of creative thing. Like, you know, are we even in the right like frame of mind when I sat down? Like, was I really going to enjoy I wasn't enjoying prepping for it. You know, as I'm watching games, I'm just kind of like my notes in the second half would just tail off because we would concede and I would just go like, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, um, but, but yeah, there was a, I, I think the, the Hasenhutl uh, appointment definitely, um, definitely brought like a, a little bit of energy back to all of us, I think. And, and I remember we had already recorded the show uh, for that week. And then Hassan Hudel was appointed. It was like, well, let's let's call him back and do it again. Like we, you know, we got to we got to figure this out. And 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 since he came in, I think there there are still a lot of questions, and you can still see kind of, I think where the team needs to improve. But there there's definitely been uh, there's a noticeable difference in, in how the team performed and and the kind of the attitude of everybody around the club. I think it shows up in the fans that are that are in the stadium and everywhere else. I think it was instantly from he set the tone perfectly. In his first press conference, he came in and you could see just the confidence oozing from him. It was it was radiating. Um, mm-hmm. He he sort of identified places in our defence that needed tightening up. He sort of talked a little bit more tactically, and it just sort of sounded like you know what we've got a, we've got a manager here who knows what he's doing, and he was so confident. And I think that confidence really transferred into the team. And sort of from that, we were picking up points. We won against Arsenal and Tottenham and it was like we were going into games and I was sat there thinking, we can win any game again. We like like we, we used to under Kuman and, and and Pochettino, I'd go into every single game confident we could beat anyone in that league. Um and that was nice knowing that with Hassan Hutel. Um I think you're right to say that there are still issues in the in in the team. Um I, I mean, he'd be a miracle worker if he turned us around in less than a season. Um, so I'm really hoping there was reports that he'd sort of only allowed himself a couple of weeks off and he's already back in training, sort of planning and prepping. Um, and I think, like you touched on, there are key issues that we need to address. Uh, but I'm super confident that Hassan Hootel's the right guy to be able to sort of get the players back in over the summer and say, right, we still survived. That was my main quote. But now it's time to step up your performance. I'm going to bring X, Y, and Z in. And we need to work on X, Y, and Z. Um, and I'm confident that he's, he's going to sort of make us into a team that's going to be best of the rest, top sort of top of the table rather than looking under us consistently. Yeah, I mean, do you think that that's a, I guess it's a realistic expectation for this season? Or do you think that it maybe takes a year? And I guess a lot of it probably depends on what happens in the transfer window. And there's, there's a lot to be done, but I always worry about what what can be done in the space of a year in terms of, you know, how many guys can we find places to to go, and and then how can can we can we afford to to get the guys in even even with some of that money? Because I have a feeling we're going to take losses on some of these people. If um, mm-hmm. you know, there's rumors of of Elianusi going going away, and you can't mm-hmm. imagine we'll get back what we paid for him and things like that, but. Um, I, I don't know. So do you think it's a, you, you think this season that we're, we're going top 10 or do you think it, it kind of all depends on what happens in the window? I think, uh, yeah, I think next year really sort of, it revolves around how well we do in the window. I think there's a lot of, like you said, Deadwood that needs to go. There's a lot of players that have come in and not been up to the standard that sort of need to go. We need to sort of clear out the, the likes of Jordi Clasi, the likes of Carrillo, the likes of, and sort of Elian Nusi, um, the people who have come in and not done as well as expected. And do you know what? That happens. Like sometimes you can scout and watch the players' tapes as much as possible. But for some reason, they just don't adapt to the Premier League. That's fine. 
But for my liking, there's been way too many players that we've bought in for quite large sums. And I feel like the larger we pay for the more money, the, the worse they flopped uh-huh. um, with, with Buffal. And there are there is a lot of deadwood in our team. And I think because we, and this is something that we'll, t- we'll probably talk about in a not so distant future, uh, Mr. Gal came out and did an interview with the Financial Times. Uh, and and it, the, the, sort of, the short story was that he wants the club to be self-sufficient. He doesn't want to invest too much money in it. He wants money from transfers, uh, from, from the money that we get from selling players to then be reinvested into buying new players. So I think to be able to look at success uh, short term within next of season, to be able to have any success, we need to be able to facilitate that by having some money in the bank, selling some of the deadwood uh, and reinvesting it into players that we find um, will sort of improve quality rather than quantity. Hassan Hootel said he doesn't want quantity in the team. He doesn't want a big squad. And I quite like that mentality. I think it's right. If we only, if we only bought in three players or, or four players at a push, but they are quality players and players that Hassan Hootel had identified will really improve his system and the way that he wants to play. I think that could, that could really set us up. Um, and I think there are key areas that we need to, to add to. Yeah. I would say that the, maybe the only thing that I would worry about is given the style of play that Hassan Hudel likes to, to employ and the, the work rate that the guys have to have. You look at guys like Danny Ings who struggle with injuries. You look at guys that maybe their bodies tend to may, may break down over the course of a season. Um, we definitely have to have the depth that's there, but uh, I, I do. If you look at how deep the squad is right now in terms of just sheer numbers, um, it's it's one costing far, us far too much each week to to pay salaries, and that that hampers what you can do in the transfer market. Because if we're if we're going you know towards the Gao article, um, all of the money that we spend every single week or every single month on on wages and everything else, like that's all money that could be in, used to to buy uh, you know a new player at the end of the, at the end of a season or during a transfer window. And so like those things have to go. And there's a there's a definite balance. And and I think if we're gonna, I don't think we need to add squad depth at this point. I think we need to. Um, focus on bringing in, like like you said, quality over those things. But I, I guess this is a, a, g- a good transition into that that article. And in my, you know, on reading it, it seems like one, everybody on Twitter and everybody on Instagram and everywhere that it was posted, everybody is 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 up in arms about it a little bit. But I mean, is there anything new in there? Is there anything that that hadn't been said before, other than it's actually coming from him, which which we haven't really heard? The, the quotes that aren't coming directly from him, the ones that I'm mostly concerned about, and and what I have been concerned about is ever since it happened, was the legitimate sort of the reason why Katrina Lieber sold an eighty percent share. Um, that is still something that confuses me. Her statement was that she wanted the club to kick on and she couldn't have the financial backing to take the club to the next level. Mr. Gal came in and that was it was labelled and branded in the media as someone who's going to be able to kick us on and sort of take us up to the next step. However, my, my real worry about this is that Land of Sports Development, which Mr. Gal said is his chief source of income, reported a $13 million loss last year. Um, and and he lost control of the company in March and he sold a 30% stake. Um, so he has 24% in Lander at the moment, which sort of generates most of it from real estate. Um, and and, it, and it, from just 
brief research they look like they're sort of branching into new business such as sports events but that that title really is a 13 million pound loss last year his estate and so negative 13 million so for me i'm a little bit worried about the legitimacy of mr gal what his intentions are of the club and whether or not really he has the financial impetacy to be able to plow the money into the club we need um, I, I love the idea of being a self-sustained club. I think it's so dangerous in, in nowadays modern day football to, to do what we did a, a couple of years ago. And, and you can really risk your club going down the pot. You just have to look at Bolton and Blackpool in recent years. All it takes is one owner who's just a bit, a little bit mad uh, and has these ex, ex, sort of extravish views about how to run a football club for your sort of football club to really go down. Um, so I just worry about the legitimacy of Mr. Gal. Does he have the money to take us to the next stage? Um, and if not, what's he doing with our club? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I guess I don't see him just based on what he said. It doesn't sound like he's going to, to put any money in. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I, I guess that the, the idea of self-sustaining, like you said, is, is, is good to me, but at some point, Maybe you maybe you need you need some investment. You need to be able to bring those players in. And sometimes the club may not have it that year, that season. Uh, one of the things that the article uh, pointed out was just the the revenue of the club itself isn't isn't huge. You know, it, it's not a we're not a club that earns a, a ton of money. It's a generated revenue of just under uh, of just one hundred fifty two point six million pounds um, in twenty eighteen during that the the twenty seventeen twenty eighteen season. I think. Um, compared with with 590 pounds received by Manchester United, so I mean that's a huge, it's a, that's a huge uh, you know difference in in the quality and and things that we'd be able to bring in just in terms of what we can afford. And so if we're going to operate on that budget, then obviously you know the team that we have as a result of that, I, I think I think it shows. Um, Manchester United, I don't think are getting everything they can out of their players, obviously, but uh, we. I mean, you're, you're talking that's that's a player and a half in some people, uh, some of these people are being sold for. Like that we couldn't afford to buy those players because, um, you know, places like Real Madrid, uh, Liverpool, place, uh, Manchester, City, Manchester City, they're 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 paying, you know, that's that's two or three players that they're they're bringing in just for the, the what our club is generating all, all season. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's a really hard one. None of us will ever know Mr. Gao's real intentions. Is it a symbol thing? As a lot of, a lot of things out in China is we, I've, I've been over to China and a, a lot of stuff out there is symbolism. A lot of, sort of rich businessmen go to the clubs. They'll buy a big, big magnum bottle of alcohol. They'll put it next to the table for the whole night and they won't touch it. It's merely a symbol for their wealth. Is this the same? Is Mr. Gal bought us to say, look at me, I can buy a football club, but he actually can't take us to the next level. Um, none of us will know. Time will tell. But it's, it, there's just a couple of things that are just a little bit worrying. It, it's it's that, that article that's come out and then just the, the issues with, with the sponsorship as well. It, it sounds a bit dodgy. Like it's a, a, a Chinese startup um, company. Um, and while it's being labelled as the deal was sort of nearly twice uh, the 4.8 million it was last season from I think it was Virgin, um, this company hasn't got a website. It's as I don't think it's even started up yet. So it's there is a couple of worrying issues, and I think time will tell about how the developments of that go and, and Mr. Gao's sort of intentions. 
But yeah, that's one thing to keep an eye out on. Uh, it's just a couple of issues for me at the moment behind that. And we'd like a little bit more transparency, but I can't see the fans getting that. And we've just sort of got to sort of trust him and trust the personnel at the club that it's being run in the right way and, and see where we go from there. Yeah, the sponsorship kind of bugs me a little bit simply because, I mean, startups tend to not last. The, most startups don't aren't around. You know, they 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 last a, a year or two and they they're sold, um, which means we could be wind up with a in in two seasons wind up with some random, uh, you know, sponsorship on the front of the shirt or uh, the, the contract gets terminated. Maybe there's a, a clause in there that says if the if the company is sold that. Um, you know, the, the contract ends then or whatever it is, or, or sometimes they just fail. And so to, to kind of be relying on, I guess, 8 million pounds a year from a, from a company that doesn't have a website and can't, we can't find and, and is going to launch this summer. Like that, that doesn't sound great that I, I can't imagine that their investors are, are super pumped on, on that. And it, it is a little bit worrying. And, and, and I think kind of what you said about the, the status symbol stuff, I think that worries me even more because I, I mean, honestly, if I, if I'm really thinking about it, it, if I look at kind of what the Liebers did in, in terms of how they ran the club and what they wanted for the club, like I, I'm, I'm good with that. And so if the new owner comes in and wants to continue that, I think I'm okay with it. Um, but then you look at some of the other things that have had to happen. Uh, it looks, it, it, it winds up looking really, really bad when you kind of stack it all up and, and, and look at it just from a, take a step back and kind of look at it all objectively. It doesn't look good for, for Gowan, it's it's hard to it's hard to justify really believing in what he said, even though I really I want to believe the best about him. You know, mm. it, do you know what it happens everywhere? Just look at the issues Man City have at the moment with accusations about their sponsorship and it all coming from Etihad and and Sheikh Mansour's own company um, over in Abu Dhabi. It happens at the highest level, um, so it's no real surprise that it's happening at Southampton potentially. Um, time will tell. Let's see what it is, but unlike Lieber, there is no emotional connection for Mr. Gow at Southampton. So whilst sort of, unfortunately after Marcus Lieber died, it was, it was nice knowing that we had Katarina to, to run us for X amount of years because she wanted to do it in memory of her dad. There was sentiment and that she wouldn't want to do anything bad in, in memory of her dad. That was a nice sort of backbench to have as a fan to think, do you know what? Our owner actually has an emotional attachment to the club they're running it because they they want to, whereas you just don't have that with the new Chinese owner. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Gao doesn't have any emotions, period, because um, he doesn't ever seem to do to show any of them. Quite a funny interaction with him um, very early on. So I was lucky enough to be invited uh, through sort of friends of friends to one of the games, and it was the first game in charge where Mr. Gao was present at, at the game and we were in hospitality and we sat literally a couple of uh, rows back from Mr. Gao and, and, and all his family who'd flown over. Um, and he, it seems like he does have a lot of personality. Like he was sort of waving his hand and I sort of introduced myself, said hello. And he was sort of taking pictures of a couple of people. So he has got that in it. Like, it looks like he has got an enthusiasm. He has got an interest, but we just don't know how deep that runs yet. Sure. It's kind of cool like that, that you actually had that interaction and were able to meet him and stuff like that. Cause I don't think, uh, I think maybe that, that changes. I mean, it, at least it gives you kind of some insight. Cause from my perspective, sitting over here, I, I think I've seen him in a couple of pictures where he, he is like smiling maybe twice. 
Um, he's waving, but other than that, like, because he doesn't talk a lot and because he doesn't do that, like, I don't have the, this idea of him, but I, I don't know, hopefully we see a little bit more from him in terms of, of kind of what he, what he wants. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe if he just took a stand and said, this is what's going to happen. And maybe that's what he's done in this, in this article. But if he does that, even if we don't like it, at least we know what the plan is. And right now I think a lot of us just, he says it's going to be self-sustaining, but we don't even know what that looks like. And, and there aren't being really steps taken to, uh, to show that it's going to work, you know, like we, we haven't sold anybody in the transfer window really. Um, and, and so it's, I don't know, it's getting a little, slightly more concerning uh, as we, as we move forward. Yeah. Let's, let's see. I, I think for me, I've identified a couple of options and areas that we need to invest into. And I just really hope that the sales are made so then we can tackle the areas that I think we personally need to add to. All right. Um, I do have, I guess one more question on the ownership. You, you mentioned the, the man city owners. I mean, would you take, would you take that over over what we have? Would you take the the human rights violations and all those other things, or would you take the the kind of what we're stuck with now, which is maybe uh, a nice guy, but not uh, not necessarily willing to put the money in? Well, I don't even know if he's a nice guy. I think when we first read up on him, I think when the Premier League was, was considering whether or not he was uh, fit to run a club, I think there was some. Uh, do you know what? I, I don't really want to say because I don't know whether or not it's true, but there were some allegations that. Of, of some corruption charges potentially over in China. I'd definitely have to look this up before it turns into some huge slander case. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe he's not even that nice a guy, but I don't know. It's a real sort of ethics versus, um, I don't know, it's a hard one, Matt. You've really sprung that upon me. Sorry, I, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't planning on asking that question, but I will definitely spend this afternoon uh, looking up legal Zoom and how to incorporate so I don't lose my house over this podcast. <laughs> Let me give you an answer. I would want anything that means the success of the club. Uh, I mean, I would like, I'd like someone who's clean and has a clean history looking after the club, but someone with a lot of money, a billionaire could happily come into the club. Like there's a couple, there's, do you know what a really good example of this is? Um, I don't know if you've seen a couple of times, Richard Branson, uh, the, the, the guy behind Virgin, uh -huh. he's been pictured quite recently at St. Mary's, uh, being actively there. The saints have appeared in a lot of Virgin adverts. Um, and he has got billions upon billions of pounds. It's like, wow, miss, like, would you like to sort of run our club? Like come in and sort of help us like own us. Um, and then I had a couple of people tweeting me, um, saying you can't support this guy. His ethics are awful. And it's that age old debate. Do you want someone who could potentially turn the club into champions league with the money, like the Man City owners have done? Mm -hmm. Uh, but it comes with a bit of a dodgy past. It's a, it's a hard one. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think on the surface, we'd all like to say we'll, we'll definitely, you know, we wanted to keep it clean. But when the money's there and the players are coming in and the trophies are coming in and, you know, you're scoring goals and, and, and earning points and moving up the table, it's, it's hard to, it's easier just to look the other way, you know, and. Bring uh, that in. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, do you want to go, do you want to go transfer stuff now? I mean, make us a little happier, maybe. Yeah, let's, let's go to transfer stuff. I think it's. It's exciting. It looks like there could be a confirmation um, in on Tuesday of, of our new player coming over from Standard Liège. Uh, and I'm probably going to butcher his pronunciation now. Um, I'll, just, I'll just go by his first name, Musa. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he, I don't, I mean, look, I think unless you're a football expert and you love watching the Belgium League, not many of us would have known much about this new winger who's potentially going to come in. Um, so Adam Blackmore said 
that it's all agreed. Uh, the fee is in the, believed to be in the region of about £40 million. He's a 20-year-old player. Um, and people obviously drawing comparisons to Mane, uh, a young winger um, who, who comes from Africa. This, this guy is a Mali international. He's got eight caps for his country. Um, and hopefully after his medical, which apparently was passed last week in Paris, he will be a Southampton player. Um, and the, on the face of it, the stats look okay. It looks impressive. 2018-19, I think he had 39 appearances, 11 goals, six assists. Now, for a 20-year-old, I think that's quite impressive. Um, what about yourself? What, what's your first thoughts on on this being our potential first signing, our potential first signing of the year? I guess I would have said that it, if we were going to make a signing, maybe I would have wanted it to be in a different position. Um, I think um, just looking at the the, the transfer mark stuff, it, it looks like he likes to play on the left side, and that's where where Redmond plays. But Redmond, I think, doesn't have a problem moving centrally or moving. Um, you know, to the opposite side. And I think that, I think, I think he will fit in nicely. I think the pace is important. I think the, um, I think the work rate and, and the age actually, I think fits the profile of the club. And, and I think Ralph likes also to work with young players. Um, they a little bit more, uh, you know, malleable. You have some, some raw talent that you can kind of mold and, and change and they're not so set in their ways that they don't want to do the running. And I think that's going to be important. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm always excited by new players. And, and I think the, the idea that we're going to watch a guy kind of run and terrorize defenses and, and us be able to play balls through over the top to him, uh, I think, I think makes me, makes me happy. And it gives maybe some balance to, to Redmond and somebody else for the, the defense to think about. Um, so I, overall, I think that, that makes me, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm not, I'm, I'm interested to see how he kind of fits into the system and, and, you know, if he's ready to to tackle a league like the Premier League, because of the Belgian League, uh, from everything I know, is just not quite, uh, it's not quite as tough. Mm. Well, Mane left in, I think it was June 2016. So that's, I don't think for a couple of years we've had that Mane player. We've not had someone who's aggressively pressing people. He's, we've not had that direct threat. Redmond's flourished under Hassan Hutter. He He's been one of the sort of best revelations that, that's come with, with Ralph. Um, but we've really missed that play of Mane's sort of capabilities, his sort of flash of pace, his turn of pace, sitting on the last shoulder. Um, and he knows where the, the, the goal is. And I really hope we get that uh, with, with this sort of this Mali international who's coming to us. Um, time will tell. And, and as we know, Southampton fans can be quite ruthless. And I think there's always been quite a lot of pressure for players coming into Southampton to hit the ground running. Um, and I think because we've been struggling in recent years, I think that will only be amplified next year i think every signing will really be under spotlight and and they will kind of be expected to really hit the ground running um so no i'm excited for him i think we need a bit of pace uh i think there are other areas that we need to strengthen um i don't know if you want to come on to that next matt you sort of highlighted a couple of areas what areas do you think we need to sort of invest in i, I think if we were if we had to if i had to pick a spot it would be definitely up top uh, we got to find someone to to play up top consistently that can score goals and also that can you know be there if if Danny Ings is injured and I think that we have to get rid of of at least one guy up top and I I think that will be Charlie Austin but we'll we'll see how that goes and I also think we need a center back um, yeah. I think those are the areas that we really need to improve and whether that means a guy like Jack Stevens uh, has to depart or he has to take a back seat. Um, I think, I think we need somebody who can really show that they can play 
in a back four if this is the system that Ralph wants to 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 use the four two two two. Um, you know, right now we just don't have two guys that look comfortable together, and I think we need a, a little bit of leadership back there. But um, you know, in a back three, I think I, I'm okay with who we have, but I think we need we need a some leadership back there. I think is, is most important. But um, so I mean, on the wing, although it's nice to to have a player that's out there, I think if you look at the squad, that would be one area that maybe I would say, you know, maybe maybe we could have gotten away with bringing Buffal back. And there's a question on that, so we'll get to that later. But um, for you, I mean, what what areas of the team do you think need strengthening the most? Is it would it be that the the center back and and basically be either end of the pitch? Yeah, I think you're right. I think the new signing will move out to the left, and I think Hassan Hootel suggested quite late into the season last year that Redmond will play centrally. So I would suggest that if we're playing for 4-2-2-2, Redmond will probably start up front with Danny Ings um, and it'll probably be our new signing out on the left. Um, And then it sort of leaves us with a right midfielder um, where Ward-Prowse has come on incredibly well this year. I think he's really earned and is ranked to start every single game. He's been one of the sort of better players of the season for me. Uh, middle of midfield, Hoiberg had an amazing season, really sort of developed and pushed on as a captain. Um, whether or not there's an argument for a new centre midfielder to come in, I, I think maybe, possibly. But my my main issue at the moment is at the back. Uh, Hoyt is not good enough to play Premier League football. He needs to go. Um, we can ship him out to wherever you like. I'll even drive him wherever the club needs to go. I, do, I don't rate him. He's not been good enough and I don't really like his attitude that comes with it. And um, I think he's had quite high profile fallings out and online spats or spats with mm-hmm. some certain people. Um, so he can go. Um, Bertrand is probably one of my biggest question marks at the moment. I, I think there could be quite a big warrant to bring in a new left back this year. I think there's rumours of Matt Target going back to Fulham. Uh, that Fulham apparently are, are rekindling their interest in him. And I don't personally think he's good enough to be uh, a, a player of the standard that we need in the Premier League. I think a lot of people at Southampton Football Club get quite sentiment about the players who have been here for a long time. And realistically, we've, we've got sloppy in, sort of in, in sentiment and not being ambitious enough. I think since Bertrand came back from his back injury. He's not been the same player that he was. And I think if, if target goes, there's, there's a real desire that we should bring in a a left back who could compete um, and be that Bertrand could even move into the middle in, into the middle that he could play a left center back alongside um, Bednarak or uh, Vestergaard. Uh, and then we could have a new left back out on the left. Um, and then Right, right back. I think Valerie stepped up hugely this year. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on him next year to consistently to be able to perform to the level we need. Um, so potentially there might be question marks whether we bring in a right back. Um, but for me, my main options I think we need to invest in is a left back. I think there's contentions whether or not we need to have a striker. But I don't think we will. I think Che Adams is probably on on top of our list to bring in. I think he will be up there competing with Danny Ings. And I think that would be an amazing option to have. I mean, he's got, I think it's 22 goals last year. Um, he, he's a young Englishman. He fits the Southampton quota perfectly. And I think if we bring in Che Adams, uh, a left back and maybe a winger and a centre midfielder, that would be perfect for me. 
Um, but I'd be excited for Che Adams. I think he's he's exactly what we're looking for. He fits into Ralph's system and he's really going to push Danny Ings to stay on his front foot and perform to a consistent level. And, and Danny Ings hasn't got that record of, of staying fit throughout the whole season. So I think it's good to be able to bring in another striker uh, who can fill in for him if Danny's injured uh, or hopefully play alongside him for, for the whole season. I wonder sometimes like what, like how true a lot of these rumors are and if we are actually inquiring or if it's just, you know, somebody mentioned something in passing or, you know, I'm sure there's a list and people are going down the list and trying to figure out, you know, who, who we can actually realistically bring in and what the prices are. And I mean, there's, there's been, um, in the keep today, I guess, or maybe it was yesterday, um, that, uh, mines are holding out for, 35 or 40 million euros for, for, uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta, Mateta, I guess. Um, I have no idea who he is, but that seems like a lot of money for a really young player. Uh, he's 21. Um, and that, that's gotta be us out of that race if that's the case. Um, but it, we seem to be linked with, with people up top, which, which, which I think would make sense. Um, but I'd rather see us linked with, a. I don't want to say a veteran center back, but a, a, but a solid center back and somebody who can provide some leadership. And the, the Bertrand thing that you brought up, I think is, is, is interesting because he is, he has had some pretty serious injuries that have kept him out of the team. Um, and like you said, he hasn't been quite as dynamic and, and, you know, a lot of people were up in arms about JWP and, and, uh, Redmond not getting into the England squad this, this, uh, for the nation's league, but there was almost nobody kind of thought that Bertrand should be in there. Whereas, we just a couple of, you know, breaks ago, we all wanted Bertrand in that squad and we were, we felt he was the one being hard done by. And, and now I, I think he's fallen a, a little bit and he is one of my favorite players and I'm definitely guilty of being sentimental. Um, but if you got to look at, at what the future looks like at that position, if target goes, um, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not sure that that, that would be a good bit of business on our part. I think he's got to stay around because I'm not sure, I'm not sure Bertrand's going to make it through an entire season without being injured. And, um, we got, I don't want to say we got lucky. We were fortunate that we had Valerie waiting uh, at right back and, and he was able to come in and prove himself. But, um, I'm not sure we have that, that at, at left back at this point, even with target in there, um, target can cross the ball. Target is good from a dead ball. Um, but he doesn't have the pace. He doesn't quite have the, I don't know if he doesn't quite have the instinct or the aggressiveness to, to, to do things that, that we would like. If you look at the, the I think that's a huge difference between Valerie and, and target is the, the, just the the sheer aggressiveness that the either of them uh, possess, and and that makes the teams somewhat lopsided going forward. If if you have that, and that's not always it's not always what we want. But although I say that, and then uh, you know who was at the back post to head the 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 equalizer in when Valerie put crossed it against Bournemouth, it was it was target. So um, maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong in that and saying that, but it's uh, yeah, the team definitely. I, I think there's there are the more we talk about it, the more holes there are to fill, and and it's kind of a it's not worrisome, but it would definitely have our work cut out for us. I think it's 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 going to be a hard one because I don't think we're going to have the funds there to to be as uh, sort of, uh, I don't think we're going to have the funds there to add as many players as we'd like to add. So I think Hassan Hootel's probably got a brief to say that you can spend X amount, and I think he would like to bring in probably three players. And I think one of them is going to be a left midfield because it's all but confirmed and will hopefully be announced on, on Tuesday's sort of pending work permit authorization. Uh-huh. 
second will be Che Adams, who will play up front. So that leaves us really with probably one more signing for the summer, which I don't think is ideal. I think there's more that needs to be done. But with one more signing, where does that one signing go, Matt? You've got one signing alongside a left midfielder and a striker. Where does that one signing go? Center back. Okay. It has to be. And um, yeah, we need we need it. We need somebody to to that can step up there and, and do that. And uh, like you said, I think Hoot has to go. Um, Stevens probably has to go. And then you you let those other three guys or four guys fight for that. That's the those two spots. Um, and then if we come up against a team where we have to play Man City away or something like that, and you want to go to a back five or back three, we have the, the ability to do that, but um, we have to be able to, to kind of play a system that, that, that Ralph wants to play. And, and if we can add something to, if we can solidify the back four enough so that we can play that system going forward, I think that will, that will help us out a lot. Otherwise it limits kind of the impact. Maybe some of the other, the, the new signings we have, because maybe we can't get them in the team together if we have to wind up playing, uh, the extra center back. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, there's a lot that we could talk about this all day, but I think it's all about the players who go as well. You've got the likes of Cedric Suarez coming back. I don't think he's going to be signed permanently. Um, Cedric Suarez could be one to go. Uh, Jack Stevens, I wouldn't moan if he went. Wesley Hoot can go. Shane Long, I think he's done enough for a contract extension. I think he he did well towards the end of the season. Um, you touched on it just then. Charlie Austin, I think he could potentially go. I think he... I think he probably might wait until his contract's over to go, but I can't see him really leading the line. He's he's not been great for for a while. He's he's not scored the goals that he he once did. Um, then you've got the likes of Sam Queen. Um, question marks over whether or not he's got a long term run in the in the Southampton team. I don't think so. Um, Sam Gallagher. There's another interesting one. He's a striker, a young striker who who's sort of been on the fringe of the team and, and had several loan moves out sort of. The last couple of years, is he good enough? I can potentially see him being moved on in the next year or so. Uh, Harrison Reed, he comes back from from loan. A big thing for him. He, I've always liked Harrison Reed. I think he could potentially have a career at Saints, but I, I can again, I can see him probably being shipped off. So I think there's quite a lot. That, that's just three or four players that I've mentioned, and there's more to come. The likes of Fraser Forster, his his career might be over. Jordi Classy, Carrillo. Sofian Buffel, there is really about sort of 10 players that could be potentially sold this summer. Mm-hmm. And that, that's quite the, the exodus to, 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 to get rid. But I quite like that. I like the idea that it's a real sort of fresh slate, so to speak. If we can recoup some money from, from them, um, it, that, it brings a lot of potential into the side. Um, and, I, and I just really hope that uh, Ross Wilson, the recruitment team, really sit and listen to Hassan Hutel. Everything should go in. Uh, it's a it's a hard one. The 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 balance between giving your manager too much power and, and not enough power, but you have to give trust in Hassan Hutel. For me, he's shown enough that he has what it takes to make this club a better team. So I'd really like to see him given the resources this summer and and really the sort of the nod for signings the yeses the noes the the who he wants in who he wants out um yeah that's i really hope that he's given the, the sort of ability to do what he wants and just be able to create and craft the team that he wants well i i know that uh i think that the club are are aware of of what they need to do in terms of of working with Hassan Hoodle and 
Um, Adam Leach mentioned on the Total Saints podcast uh, a, a while back that when Hassan Hudel came in, he made some, not demands, but some things that he wanted uh, very apparent. And even to the point that some of the journalists, uh, I think he was referring to himself and then Adam Blackmore, they looked and they kind of went like, I can't believe you're going to do that for him. Like, I can't believe you're going to give him that power right now because there's the, there's the, the, the risk of giving him too much. And then if he goes, then what happens and what the, the power vacuum and everything that happens after that. But there's also the risk of running him off in terms of, you know, you, when Kuman came in and, and there was that conflict in terms of what was going to be spent and things like that. And he just chose to leave. So there's, there's this balance that the team has to find with the manager and, and how they're going to work that out. And, like you said, I hope they they will because there's there's definitely we've we've missed on transfers over the past couple of seasons. Um, we we spent not we haven't spent exorbitant amounts of money because the the price of football players is going up. But the, if you look at the the amount of money that we spent and what we've gotten for it, it, it hasn't been recouped in that. And and I'm almost to the point where I would take a loss on some of these guys just to get them off the wage bill, just to get them out of the squad and kind of give the team a fresher, lighter feel. And so that when Hassan Hood is looking at, at the, the team uh, in the locker room and on the training pitch, he's not looking at a bunch of guys who know that they're not wanted, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think even off the pitch, there's going to be a big summer for us. So our, our chairman position is currently vacant. Um, and I think there's going to be quite a reshuffle in terms of how the clubs run off the field who who's going to come in and and is is les reed's position uh going to turn into a couple of different positions um so i think there's going to be quite a, a real reshuffle on and off the field at southampton this summer which is exciting i mean it wouldn't be southampton if it wasn't the case um, but yeah it's a big summer and you just sort of with Southampton, you've got to cross your fingers and just hope and pray it all sort of works out, really, because we've got history of it going extremely well, then history of it going not so well. So, sure. yeah. Well, I mean, let's get on to some some of the questions that that uh, people sent in, and we won't have time to get to them all, but that's that's okay. People can send in their questions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or uh, the best way to make sure your show your question gets answered or has a better chance of getting answered is uh, by joining Patreon at patreon.com slash SFC delivery. By doing that, you get access to a private chat, uh, access to an extra podcast per month, um, and you get a priority for having your questions answered on the show. So uh, we will jump into some of the Patreon questions and then get to some from Twitter as well. We won't have time to answer them all, but we'll do our best. So uh, first up, let's change it up a little bit. Uh, Kevin McGee says, what are your thoughts on the new kits? Uh, I saw them in the club shop today, and whilst I don't mind the kits, uh, those big blue sponsors look terrible. So I, I, what are your thoughts on that? Um, uh, on, on the three that, that, that we've been shown so far and kind of uh, how they look and uh, the sponsorship as well. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's, it plays such a tiny role in the football season, but it seems to get the biggest reaction from it. And it's a, either, I think any kit release is a Marmite thing. You love it or you hate it. Um, and for me, I hate it. I, I really don't like the new kit. <laughs> I went into uh, into the shop the other day, saw it, and I didn't like it even more. <laughs> um, no, I don't really like the home kit. If I want my, if you want my honest answer, um, I love the the third kit. I think it's the white one. Mm-hmm. Um, really like the white kit. I think it's amazing. I love the picture of, of Vestergaard in it. I think it looks brilliant. 
Love that one. Kind of wish that was our away kit. Um, but the, the away kit isn't as bad as sort of the, the black and yellowy, I think it is. Um, but you know what? I'm not too bothered about the kit. As, as long as we play well, we could have the most horrendous kit and I couldn't care less. Um, but it, my, my initial thing is I don't like the home kit. I like the away kit. Um, and I really, really, really like the third kit. It seems like Under Armour is really taking that that upper shoulder area and they, they feel like they have to do something different with it on all the kits. Like it can't just be a solid kind of, uh, of color, if that makes sense. And yeah. it's um that, that black on the home kit, I think is, is a little bit worrisome. It just, mm. I'm not sure how it looks. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to like it, but people, people, uh, you mentioned you, you saw it in person and didn't like it. Um, some people said they saw it in person and they didn't think it looked as bad. Um, mm. I think the, uh, the away kit is, I, I like it. And I would say if I was going to buy one, it would probably be that one. Just cause even though I like the third kit better, I don't, I can't keep a white shirt clean. Like I struggle. <laughs> so, um, I think, I think the third or the, the, the away kit would be, would be good. And it's definitely going to stand out. And I think it will, um, I'm a big football weekly fan and, and Max Russian hates the, like just the awkwardly colored, um, away kit with no connection to the, to the club, you know, like there's no tradition there and he will, he will say that's unnecessary. Um, but I, I think we'll just have to kind of put up with it and hopefully it doesn't come off like neon yellow. I think like, uh, maybe it was, it was Huddersfield's away kit. That was pretty, pretty atrocious to look at. Uh, it looks like a bunch of highlighters running down the pitch. So, um, as long as we don't get that, I think we'll be okay. And, uh, if you were going to buy one, which one would you, if you were forced, which one would you take? What I really like about the third one is the level of detail that it has. So you said there's quite a big focus on Under Armour from the sort of the the nipple onwards, so to speak. And the collar's really nice. I like the collar. I like the fact there's two colours on it. I like the fact you've got the red with a little bit of blue, and that blends really well into the sort of the darker blue with sort of red stripes going across it. Um, and then that really works with the white colour. Um, it, it's like they really, really fought the third kit out very well with a lot of detail and then they've gone to the home kit and just sort of taken an old kit and then just whacked a black line across it and filled it in um so yeah i would definitely buy the uh third kit i'm not really one into buying new kits i quite like a sort of a retro kit or an older kit um i don't think i've bought a kit in in years um i sort of have the older ones still up that i wear um, but if I were to buy a kit, it would be the third kit, the white one. I'm guilty of, of, of waiting till the end of the season when they go on sale to, to buy them. Um, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm fairly certain my wife bought me this past year's home kit for father's day. Um, just cause I saw the charge on our, on our account from <laughs> Southampton. Um, and after, after doing the, the quick math translation, uh, or com- conversion, it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not the new one. So, uh, <laughs> which I, I can appreciate. Um, but yeah, I think I, you know, it, like you said, it is, it is kind of a small part, but it's something that, that we like, and that is something that generates, generates revenue. And, and I'm going to take a step back from the questions real quick. And, uh, you know, part of, part of what the team wants to do, and, and if you want to in, increase the kind of the revenues, you have to get the, the fans engaged. And I think a lot of fans have been really upset about things at the club lately. Um, and I don't know if you've looked into this already, but I just happened to click over to the, 
events um, section of the website because I was looking at uh, the Saints Fest stuff that they're trying to get people to go to. Um, and it looks like, you know, like some things like Saints Fest, the Father's Day lunch, like is, is this stuff that you see as being important to the team or is this, is this a, is this like a passing kind of, uh, of, of maneuver by the club? Is this not something that's really a focus or do you think they are actually trying to get the fans more engaged? Um, that's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, I think they had to, to bring in revenue in the off season. I think they brought some really good events to there. So we had Rod Stewart there recently. They had take that there recently, which obviously benefits the club financially somehow. I don't know the ins and outs of that. But yeah, like Saints Fest, I think it, they are generally ways to probably both generate a bit of income. I don't know. I think it's £2 a ticket. I don't think it's that much. But I think it's also a way to engage the fans. And I think Southampton are, are very good in finding unique ways to engage with the fans. You only have to look at our kit launch video, which was incredible. Uh, it went viral for good reason. Um, so I'd like to think of this as a sort of a good way for them to engage fans. They're doing, they did the forum. Uh, I think they are progressively being a little bit more open, which is great. Yeah. I think, I think that they are, they're definitely, they're definitely trying, I think. And it's, um, it'll be interesting to see how many people show up to the saints fest and how it's, how it's talked about afterwards and, and see how that, how that goes. And, um, yeah, the tickets aren't um, expensive, and I think under a certain age are, are just free. And they're, they're, but they're trying to get people in and around the stadium and in and around the club. And I think um, going back to like season ticket prices and stuff, if you lower those season ticket prices just a little bit, you cut down on some of the revenue you earn there, but you get more people. You make sure the stadium is always full. You make sure those people are going to come in and be able to to buy food and things like that, and 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 buy a kit. And that stuff will will eat up, uh, you know. Uh, kits are not cheap. Uh, food is not cheap. Um, and so if, if they're doing that, if they feel like they can go there and do that every week, uh, you probably make up that money and you have a, you have a better atmosphere in the stadium because people are just generally happy to be there. Um, but let's, let's, um, move on here. I think we talked about, uh, Rob's question. It says in the wake of transfers, as well as speculation over, over transfers, um, who would you sign from the players we're linked with? I think we talked about that. I think we talked about, we, you know, we'll take the guy, we'll take a Janopo or uh, who we're linked with and should be announced probably as soon as this podcast is released, which is generally how it goes. Um, and I, and I think we, we take, you know, Che Adams, but we also maybe need a, a center back, but um, I don't know. I think, um, I, I think the other ones we, we kind of talked about it as well. Um, it, except it was Justin's question real quick. It says, um, it looks like we're bringing in the winger and, uh, we, we talked about that. And then Che Adams, how do you think those work into the system? Um, I think you spoke about that a little bit earlier. I, I imagine it will either be Che Adams or Ings in the team. Um, or maybe Che Adams and Ings up top and then Redmond directly behind. Um, I, I think that, I think that could work. Um, but I think that it means that somebody like JWP probably has to, to miss out. Um, which, or maybe Romeo misses out in, in midfield and JWP sits a little bit deeper, but um, I don't know. What, what, what were your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it all depends on the system that Hassan Hutton is going to play. I think uh, the new signing from Mali uh, from Standard Liège will come in and play on the left. And I think if Che Adams comes in, um, it'll either be Che Adams and Ings up front or it'll be Che Adams and Redmond up front. I think Hassan Hutton wants to play Redmond through the middle so if we assume that Hassan Hootel is going to play a 4-2-2-2, two, 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 
then the natural thing to probably do the the, the strongest would be to play Che Adams, two recognized strikers up front. So that would be Che Adams and uh, Danny Ings, and then have new signing on the left with Redmond on the right, and then uh, Hoiberg in the middle holding with Ward Prowse or Lamina. I think if you want to talk about the strongest on paper, I think that's it. But I think it's nice. Che Adams really changes the mix. I mean, it, it adds competition. If you if, if Hassan Hootel's going to make sure that Redmond's, Che Adams, Danny Ings and Shane Long are competing against himself, I think that's really healthy competition. So it is exciting to see what's going to happen. But in answer to the question, I think it will be a battle between uh, Che Adams and Danny Ings to sort of start. Whether or not they'll play them both at the same time, sort of, we will find out uh, in due course. But be interested to see how, how they sort of line up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we all know, and maybe Hassan Hoodle is even expecting, that Ings will not be able to sustain you know, 90 minutes week in, week out, um, all the way down the season. So we definitely need that other striker. And then I don't think you can bring in a guy that uh, of much quality without at least kind of promising, uh, promising him a shot to start. Um, you know, we can have Shane Long come off the bench and run for 20 minutes. I think that's fine. Um, but it, it, you need somebody who's going to consistently score goals. And, and uh, Ings is pretty good about dropping deep and setting things up. Um, but we also need some people to be able to run in behind and, and create some movement and things like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. And uh, we'll, we'll get to one more question here from Twitter. This is from Christian Candler, who was on the show last week. is at Candler Nero. Um, he says, do you think Buffal should be given another chance? And I think it's an interesting question, uh, given that we're signing uh, essentially another winger. Um, do you think that that's somebody that, that uh, you know, maybe we could have, gotten away with bringing him back in and having him be like a new signing or do you think he needs to go at this point it's a really hard one for me i've always been a massive fan of Buffal. i think he has got the real potential to to be a great player he's just not shown it yet um it doesn't sound like he had an explosive year over in the liga i think he played i think it was 25 games uh 10 off the bench uh three goals three assists which would probably say is, is maybe a bit below average, I would say. Um, but I think a lot of people on Twitter are seeing what Hazard Hussle done has done to Redmond, what he's done to Ward Prowse, and saying, do you know what? Could he coach Buffal to be the player that we expected him to be when he first joined? Um, I would love to see him given a chance and in the team. I really, really would. And I think early reports suggested that that Hatton Hooter would have a look at him when he comes back from loan. Um, does the new signing of the of the guy from Stanley Age sort of change this? Maybe, potentially. Uh, me, personally, I would love to see Sofiane Buffel come back in, fight for his for his shirt, and, and sort of really be a part of the team. He's got unbelievable skill. And a couple of years ago, we saw him change the game in seconds if he did that on a more consistent basis like Redmond's done this year then it'll be like a brand new signing um, and we can really then justify the price tag that we spent on him a couple of years ago so let's see I just really think he needs I think if he's going to come in his attitude needs to change I don't think he has the work rate required of Hassan Hootel and I think if he adopts Hassan Hootel's sort of approach to playing and, and really steps up I think he's going to be an amazing new signing for us 
But if not, then if I don't think if he if he doesn't bring the attributes that Hassan Hutel wants and he doesn't bring the desire or the effort, he'll he'll just go. Yeah, and I think it'll, he'll be on an extremely short leash. Like I don't think he'll have a lot of chance to to prove himself. No. Um, to, just simply because the the history is there, and I and even though there's a new manager, some of the other management staff is, is still around, and you can't imagine them. You know, sometimes that reputation is gonna be difficult to to get away from. Um, and I think the only thing that he, I, I think if you look at the, look at the stats from La Liga, it's you know, Messi is the top of everything, I think, except for dribbles, um, which I think Buffal, uh, you know, beat him on or whatever. And that's that's great, which means, you know, we all knew he can dribble. We all know he can dribble. We've seen him do it. Um, it's just the uh, the other the other things. Can, can he can he make the right decision after he's done that? And that's something that Redmond needs to improve on as well. We've seen a couple of times this year where he's he's, he's gotten slightly more aggressive, which is good. Um, but uh, I think Buffal could be a, a real weapon for us. But um he has to he has to adopt the 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 work ethic like you said and and the we don't have a team like uh where we can afford just to have somebody who only chooses to play offense and and I think Ralph did a good job of of letting Redmond know that and know he has to contribute more defensively and Redmond did it um if Buffal doesn't do that then I think I think we'll be done um he's sorry just really quickly he's 25 one one more year, two more year. He's he's getting on the old end of of an attacking player. Yeah. So he's he's no spring chicken who's who's got this utmost potential. Or he's promising. It's his time to knuckle down. He he doesn't have much longer probably to really to do as sustain himself as a top quality player. It's a massive year for him if he digs in like Redmond last year. He in the off season went over to LA. He trained with Daniel Sturridge in the off season. They did a lot of fitness stuff and he came back and you could just tell that there was an enthusiasm. There's a hunger. There was a real sort of match fitness. I would love Buffal to have that mentality. I would love it to have that mentality because he would be amazing for us this year, next year if he pulls his finger out and works harder for the team and becomes a team player and matures. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be super important for him to, to make sure he does that. And I think it, if he does, like, like we said, it'll be, it'll be great. If not, uh, he just won't be around. And um, once again, I think I'd be willing to take uh, a slight loss on some of these players to get them out if they're not benefiting the club in any way and they're not benefiting the locker room and things like that. But um, I realize also that's maybe not uh, a popular opinion, but maybe also not uh, a viable one either. So uh, the club has to sustain itself somehow and losing a bunch of money on players isn't going to work. So um, anyway, uh, Jack, do you have... Uh, Anything else you want to add before we, we wrap this up? No, just just really, I am looking forward to a new season. I'm optimistic under Hassan Hootel. I think he's the man to bring us forward. And please, to the board, because I know the board listens to this podcast religiously, please just give Hassan Hootel the, the funds he needs. Uh, and I really think this man can really turn us around. I mean, there's questions over his, his longevity. Is he going to stay here for a couple couple more years? I don't think he's long-term. I think he's got his sights set on a big club in Europe. But let's ride the wave whilst he's here and get us in a good position. And I really hope we have a great summer. Bring in the players that he wants. And, and let's look up the table next year. Let's not have to look down. I don't want to be competing. No offense. I don't want to be competing with the likes of Brighton. I want to be, I want to be back. I want to be better than Bournemouth. I want to be looking up the table and really sort of enjoying football again. Yeah, it would be nice to be trying to track people down to... Uh, you know, just for for a little bit more money, or you know, potentially a, a European place, rather than uh, trying to just st- stomp on the fingers of the person that's trying to grab your ankles as you're as you're as you're coming towards the end of the season. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you. And uh, in terms of of great summer, this has been a great first. This is the first thing I've done on my summer vacation. So thanks for thanks for talk, talking to me. And uh, you know, we'll put this thing together and get it out tomorrow morning for everybody over in the UK and um, all the everybody else around the world who who listens to the show. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you doing this. And um, you know, we we I have to do a better job of getting you back on the show sooner than rather than later. Well, we'll let the viewers decide that. Maybe not. <laughs> but no, no, it, the podcast is amazing. I've loved it since day one. Keep up with the hard work. It really has gone from strength to strength. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, come on then. Up the Saints. We're going to have a good year and we're going to hopefully, I'll be on next year, talk about it and we'll be challenging for something. The best of the rest rather than talking about the relegation battle. I've got all faith. All right. Uh, me, me too. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Jack from Saints News and Views. If you don't already follow him on Twitter, you should do so. It's at Saints FC Views. Uh, lots of good stuff coming from Jack. Always honest, always a conversation happening. So uh, be sure to give him a follow if you don't already. If you want to follow this show on Twitter while you're there, we're at SFC, D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. We're also on Instagram at the same address and we're at Facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If you're looking for a way to get in touch with me, you can email the show. You can use any of the social media outlets that I just mentioned, uh, and you can get to all of them at the show's website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, do me a favor, leave a review if you would. Um, there were a couple left last week, one positive, one not so positive. Uh, we'll take all the feedback you have. Um, so yeah, get in touch, leave a review. It helps other people find out about the show, and I really do appreciate it. The show would not be possible without you as listeners. It would not be possible without my partners at the Southampton page. So if you don't follow the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, be sure to do that. Uh, they have lots and lots of news coming out. They're keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the transfer window. Um, that is what they do, and they do a very good job. The logo for the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page. He is so good at his job. But now the club pay him to do that job. So uh, give him a follow at We Are Southampton. Thanks to Matt for everything that he's done. He's helped bring the artwork along. All music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. I have thoroughly enjoyed this first day of this first episode of the summer. Uh, I'm officially on break, and uh, at this point, I'm going to go enjoy it. So until next time, remember that together, we march on. Hey.